This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. I am so pumped. It's Fresh Sheets Day. Oh, crawling into bed with fresh sheets tonight. I can't wait. Tim, producer Tim's going to make my bed for... No. Producer Tim will not be making my bed. But let's get started with episode number 12 of Boomsies. Small Town Strip Club. My buddy Perry uh, sent me a uh, text or a message on a direct DM me. He said, uh, get me those chords for this song. Reached out to Small Town Strip Club. Hopefully have those chords because it's a very soothing groove. I don't know anything about music. But thanks for them uh, for providing that song. Thanks for them. Thanks to them for providing this song. This is the Jerome McGinley episode number 12. Pre-pandemic. No, no, no. During pandemic, but mid-pandemic when the Leafs had crowds back. I went to the Leafs Flames game and it was Hall of Fame night. They announced all the Hall of Famers. They come out for the ceremonial puck drop. The place went bonkers for Jerome McGinley. Crazy bonkers. That was good to see. Went there with my buddy, Georgie Boy and Keatsy. George kept saying, he's like, boys, we got the box. We get there and we're sitting in seats. I'm like, this is not a box. And then he's like, no, no, the box is over here. I'm, I was happy to be in the building. And then we went in the box and we were in a closet under the stands. I'm like, still very confused by this situation. But Georgie, you got us in here, bud. Don't worry about it. We're in the box. No box. But we saw Jerome Ginla. Uh, we start off every episode of Bumsies with corrections. <sighs> Big one from last week. A lot of upset people. Last week was Mark Messier episode number 11, and the descriptor for the podcast said the Mark Messier episode. So, a lot of people thought Mark Messier was appearing on that episode. He, he did not. Uh, this is an email we got. The subject heading is Dan, 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 Dan. After listening to your podcast this week, I would like to know where the hell's Mark Messier? I get the notification from Spotify saying, New Boomsies episode 11, the Mark Messier episode. I was so excited and thought there's no way Dan got him. (laughs) Thanks. 
This is awesome. I even used my data to download the episode, even though my family's running out. This was important to me. I couldn't wait to listen on my ride home from work. Well, I was let down. Everything about the podcast was great, and I really enjoyed the episode, except one thing, no Mark Messier. Now, Dan, you're just a clickbait YouTuber. You think you're going to hear something, then boomsies? There isn't what you wanted. Sorry, buddy. And another one concerning last week's episode. I'm a longtime listener of the pod, loving boomsies. We met at the podcast tour in Victoria. You and Jay said you hoped the show would set the mood for my date night with my wife. It definitely did. I don't know if you realized how historic the Mark Messier 11th episode was, but for the 500 podcast episodes, including Fox and insert network name here, listeners finally had their ear holes filled with the sound of Tim's voice. And I have to say, it did not live up to the image that you and Jay had painted over the years. You do not need to have him on as a guest anymore. (laughs) Yes, producer Tim did make an appearance. And some people thought we hired a voice actor. Do you think we would have paid someone to sound like that? And if we did, can we get our money back? So yes, producer Tim has been silenced. So to clarify, there will be no Jerome Ginla appearing on this podcast. Just to make that clear. Last week, I also commented on Tim Horton's food. Got emails about that. Hey, Toolsy. Tim's food is only consumed if you've chewed off an arm and have nibbled off a finger of the other. I'd rather have gas station sushi. (laughs) Big dog Rob. I did go hard on Tim Hortons. I did say I like their steep tea and their new Boston cream donut, which they put more cream in. You gotta pay more though. I should add Starbucks food. It's like they spray painted styrofoam to look like food or, you know, the food they used to have in the display case. They're like, oh, you can get this sandwich. Um, It does not look edible in the display case. And it looks like they just took it out of the display case and gave it to you. Starbucks. Your food, you're done. Although the croissants at both places, top notch. Get that Starbucks croissant warmed up. You got it. You think you're in France. Tim Horton's cheese croissant. They are a thing. Hard to find. Most locations don't have them. Also good. But travel with a dustbuster if you're eating that in the car because you got crumbs for days. I also asked our baseball guest, CJ Nikowski, if any pitchers will miss hitting <laughs> and and I got an email about that. Shohei Otani. Pretty sure he'll miss batting. Good show. Episode 11. Hugs. That's from Tina. Okay. We're all caught up. We're all corrected. Uh, the weather needs to be corrected. Where I live in the province of Ontario, it maybe was the coldest weekend of the winter. We're in March. It was snot dripping from your nose and you don't realize cold. Wind chill around minus 20. I was pumping gas for five minutes. I thought I needed to have my hands amputated. 
Well, hands, we, we had a good run. It's time for you to leave now. The feeling has just returned. And I pumped gas three days ago. Gas prices, hey? <sighs> they played a soccer game in that weather. Team Canada off to the World Cup. Woo! I mentioned on this podcast that I only watch soccer during the World Cup. What does Canada do? They're like, we need boomsies. They go to the World Cup. If you say it on this podcast, it happens. Boomsies. I had no clue what time that game was on Sunday. Until my mom sent her standard text after a sporting event. What a game. I responded with, what game? So she called to tell me the news. So I got the news from my mom that Canada qualified for the World Cup. I missed it. No clue. It was an afternoon game. Now, when I did a sports show, I used to do highlights. Oh, man. It was a sports channel. We did highlights. We did. We have the scores. CNN. No, no, that's the news. My mom, when I first got a job in sports, my mom was telling everyone I worked for CNN. Uh, was it, what was the name of that? TSX? No, no, that's a stock exchange. I always forget. It's going to come to me. But when I did that job, you used to have to pretend I watched all these games. Every game on, I watched. How the f*** are you supposed to do that? There is no way. So I missed it. Who gives a f***? But I knew they were going to make it. I was that confident. Uh, Gareth Wheeler, who called that game, who did the play-by-play of that game, will be joining us in a bit on Boomsies. Uh, Started Sunday, as I always do, with breakfast at my mom's. We had so much bacon. I brought bacon. My brother Vince brought bacon. Amazon delivered three pounds of bacon. My mom was throwing bacon in her coffee. I checked my coat when I got home. There was bacon in my pocket. That's a tasty treat. Pocket bacon. Sign me up. I brought a bag of bacon to my buddy Joey's. True story. I felt like the bacon king. Could have played, uh, what's that, six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Could have played six degrees of just bacon in Peterborough. Everyone's had some of that bacon in my hometown. You want crispy bacon, by the way? Air fryer. It's a bitch to clean up, but you got crispy bacon. People that like limp bacon... What's going on there? Actually, I uh, went to a burger place last night, ordered my uh, food for takeout, and I ran back in. I said, oh, can I get my fries well done? He said, yep, no problem. By the way, this guy was so confident. He's like, have you ever eaten here? I'm like, no. He said, this is the best burger you're ever going to have. I'm like, I like your confidence. So when I came back to pick up the order, he's like, so when you came in to ask for well done fries, a lady here was laughing. I'm like, oh, no. What did I do? Because she ordered 
undercooked fries with her order. Like, so she wanted them like almost raw. He's like, yeah. What the fuck? What? Just hand her a potato. Uh, you want anything that tastes better? Air fryer. Croissant? Yes. You bring a croissant home from the, the grocery store. It's hard within two hours. Put that bad boy in an air fryer. You're back in France again. You're like, why am I in France so much? Croissants. French fries? You know how um you put a bag of uh, frozen fries in the oven? They're never crispy. Put those in an air fryer. You got crispy. Lucky charms? Probably. Crisp up those charms. One of my least favorite cereals. I don't like anything with marshmallows. Except maybe marshmallows. Can have those about twice a year. Crisp up those on uh, the old campfire. Give me the burnt on the outside and keep peeling off a layer and put that in my mouth. Uh, Speaking of the kitchen, I did it again this weekend. And whenever I do it, I think it probably looks strange, but I use scissors while cooking. Not like to open a package or anything. I never did this until I went to Korea for the Olympics. You go to a restaurant there, they are table side with scissors. You get some uh, stuff for your barbecue, they're snipping her off. And I'm like, okay, you never see this in North America, but this is brilliant. It's jarring at first, but then you realize this is smart. This is convenient. You make sure those scissors are clean. But if you're making a stir fry, which I was, you don't need a cutting board. It cuts down on the cleaning. You're you're clipping off the broccolis. The the chicken that you cooked the night before, you're cutting that baby into little cubes. Ah, scissors. Put that in your pocket. Well, no, put that in your repertoire. Scissors in your pocket. You're rolling the dice there, bud. And then I got thinking about scissors and I'm like, Mr. Dress Up. He gave me my first love of scissors. Uh, he had a kid's show here in Canada. It was a show in which a man, Mr. Dress Up, did crafts and talked to puppets. Hmm. It was a different time. Mr. Dress Up talked to puppets. He had a trunk. It was called the Tickle Trunk. <laughs> Is that show allowed now? Anyway, he used to cut things, and it was the first... Was the what are those videos called? ASMR, ASMR videos. So the microphone was practically in the paper while he's cutting. So this is what you'd hear. And I'm like, Mister Dress Up, will you cut me? No. Will you cut my paper? You just wanted to jump into the TV screen. Uh, I dialed uh, Mr. Dress Up up on YouTube, showed my girls. I guess we had better attention spans back then. Because five minutes in, 
they are not looking at the screen. They're looking at me. And they're, the look in their eyes was, what the f***? You sat and watched this entire show. And I'm like, but wait, wait for the puppets. And then Casey and Finnegan come on and Casey's talking. Finnegan doesn't talk. The dog doesn't talk. They did not improve my sales pitch of Mr. Dress Up. And then I'm starting to think, I'm like, were we high as kids? Probably. We're drinking drinks out of plastic bottles that had all the plastic particles. There was probably leaded gasoline still back then. We were high. Mr. Dress Up. Yeah. That that tickle trunk full of costumes. So yes, he also dressed up. Imagine the pitch show for, for that. Imagine the pitch meeting. You want to do what? Sold. Run it next week. Uh, the tickle trunk is still around, by the way. It is in the CBC Museum in downtown Toronto in the CBC building. And I always ask, ask this question to friends who know what the tickle trunk is. If the tickle trunk went up for auction, what would someone pay for it? I say minimum 50K. Because there's some rich dude who would love to have that tickle trunk in his house. Someone walks in, you're just like, hey, what do you think that is? Like, ah, trunk? That's the tickle trunk. And you got a conversation piece. They'd probably go for 100. I'm maybe even 200. Maybe more. Tickle trunk. Put her up for auction. CBC, you need some money. I know where to get it. Uh, Boomsies, newsies. Oh, we got a we got a load here. Z money, work in the internet. Uh, sad news to start with. Uh, Eugene Melnick passed away. Owner of the Senators, uh, dealing with health problems. He saved that team from bankruptcy. There was an odd relationship, Melnick and the fans. But come on, Sens fans. He made your team what it is. It was just, it was just a relationship that was unique to Ottawa. So rest in peace, Eugene Melnick. Saw him at a bar once. I was there for All Star Weekend, and I was at the uh, the what is it, the Chateau, sitting at the bar, probably nine hundred drinks deep. <laughs> it was a different time. He did the walk by. He stopped. Give him a nod. We shook hands. And that was our one meeting. There was an acknowledgement. He was probably like, get this guy out of here. He's been overserved. Uh, Dan O'Toole, Savvy Gambler. Blue Jays Futures. Okay. All this info, it was updated uh, last week. So it's really current. I don't think I was supposed to read that part. Okay, so they're the third third pick to win the World Series. How would I word that? 
the third best odds to win the World Series. To win the American League, third best to win the American League. AL East, second best odds to win the American League. Vladdy Guerrero, best odds to win MVP. Most home runs, Vladdy Guerrero, best odds to do that. Most hits, Bo Bichette. Okay, so we got three first place, a second, and two-thirds. The Blue Jays are not under the radar this year. Amazing. We also have our um, Randall Gritchick doll. We don't have a wrestler this week. We have a Randall Gritchick. I guess this was a giveaway at a Jays game. Uh, Randall Gritchick is now gone. So peace out, Randall Gritchick. He has one leg currently here we have the other leg it is tough to attach so randall gritchick out for the season due to one leg i like that guy hard worker busted his yeah i can't get him back standing up okay sorry randall uh kevin burkhart this is big news friend of this podcast he appeared many times on the Jay and Dan podcast. He has taken over for Joe Buck as the main play-by-play guy for Fox. He is the best dude on earth. So happy for him. So you've seen him on camera when he um, does the World Series. He does the in-studio and on-location hosting with David Ortiz and uh, A-Rod. He does the secondary games. Well, he used to on Fox for the NFL. He'll now be calling the World Series. Oh, this is huge. Just a consummate professional. He used to call Mets games. He knows Jerry Seinfeld. So that's all good in my books. He was already good in my books. And I don't even have a book. This one went under the radar. When the hell did this happen? Albert Pools went back to St. Louis. Awesome. Signed a one-year deal with the cards at the age of 42. Albert Pujols, if I had to spend 24 hours watching his swing, I would. Amazing. And the fact that we just gloss over the pronunciation of his last name is even better. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Academy Awards? What? I didn't see that. Hmm. Was there no video of it? We're efforting that. We're trying to get... Uh, I cannot confirm if that happened or not, but it sounds, sounds made up to me. Dan O'Toole verified on Twitter again. Yes. Out of the blue, I got an email from Twitter, and I'm like, well, this is a scam. But it said, you have been verified. At some point, I lost my check mark. Now I've got it back. This has no bearing on my life. But people seem to, whenever I send out a tweet, they're like, why aren't you verified? I'm like, I don't know. That makes you question yourself. So now I no longer question myself. Because Twitter has given me a blue check mark. Maybe put that on my, my tombstone. 
Although I have two things that my kids, they have to choose between one of the two that they will put on my tombstone. One is he made great sandwiches. And the other one is he was never late. I like both. And then if you put he was never late and you could say he was never late, not even for his own funeral. I'm the first to arrive for that one. Now, yeah, it would be because you'd be in the funeral home lying there all night. So you would beat the funeral home guys there unless they stay with you all night, which I don't, maybe they do. So he was not even late for his own funeral. Also, uh, we have the Lollapalooza list for 2022. Reason being, LA Kings goalie, former Leaf, Garrett Sparks, is a DJ by the name of DJ Bucky Cheds. He is last. (laughs) So in this full listing of all the bands, he is last on it. So I believe he will not be playing the main stage, but DJ Bucky Cheds is there. I looked at this lineup. This is going in Chicago, Metallica. I know them. Saw them in uh, Saskatoon once. And uh, I like Metallica. But after the fourth song, I'm like, didn't they already play this one? Starts to... Starts to sound the same. And then um, I also had to show up at this uh, Metallica concert in golf attire, including golf shoes, because we got the time wrong and we didn't know we were going to a concert. So walking along concourses, you know, that uh, glossy paint they have at all the rinks. Do not do that in golf shoes. (laughs) It was an interesting night. Also, Dua Lipa. I know her. J. Cole. Yeah. She knows. She knows. That's a that's a good song. That's a classic. Green Day. Doja Cat. Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly is like Elon Musk created a rock musician. He just looks like someone that was created by a computer. Lil Baby, okay, Kygo, I know. Glass Animals, yes, Cascade, Local Natives, John Summit. The I'm only going through the ones I know. David Solomon. He is a Goldman Sachs, the head of Goldman Sachs, and he is a DJ on the side. And Bucky Jeds. So get your tickets to Lollapalooza in Chicago end of July. And I think that's the, yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay. Boomsies, newsies in the can. Time for the email that was man-made for Boomsies. I sent an Instagram post about our email sponsor yesterday. I seriously love them that much because when I get showered, I know I get to put on man-made underwear. And this is not made up. And as I said in the post, if something brings you joy, you should share it. So I put out the post and people are like, why don't you model them? You don't want that. Or maybe we do a 
Boomsies fans only. And then you get producer Tim and Z Money and myself in Man Maids. I think we're on to something. Tim won't speak though. Or maybe you want him to speak. They're staple products, the Boxer Brief. Made from premium model fabric, plant-based fibers derived from beech trees. They thought of everything. Breathability, absorption, comfort, mansack pouch for the boys, and chafe-free design. All their products are made with zero synthetic polyester. Polyester is a derivative of plastic. Yuck. Manmadebrand.com. They will change your life. Put in boomsies in the comment section of your order. You get free socks. I got the socks on. They're great. And I sent the guys a text yesterday, like, Dan, you didn't have to do that. I'm like, hey, I want to see you guys succeed. Reason being, I love them so much. Other underwear, you're like, oh, is it hot out? I can't wear these. Is it cold out? I can't wear these. There's no thinking. There's no thinking behind the underwear, which is how underwear should be. Okay, email time. One of these will be the Boomsies man-made email. There's the, uh, the man-made stuff right there. Hey, Dano. Got my first pair of man-maids because of you. You're right. They're great. Boomsies from the Birdman. Keep up the awesome pods, bud. I love my man-maids. Thank you for recommending. I'll pass it along. Brennan. Hi, Dan. Just wanted to thank you for starting up the new podcast for us. I used to listen to your previous podcast with Dan. I'm I'm Dan. Uh, He's Jay. I'm Dan. Uh, and was left in shock when I heard about your exit from the corporation last winter. Your journey since has really inspired me. I retired a couple years back. I started up a small one-man company, and now as a hobby, get me out of the house a bit, I transport newly built RVs from the manufacturers in Indiana to dealerships across Canada. Your hot dog RV story really is my life now. Nothing better than spending four days traveling across Canada, listening to your podcast, and eating hot dogs. Please keep up the great work. It's great entertainment as I'm driving along the Trans-Canada Highway at 3 a.m. through Saskatchewan and Alberta. I look forward to many more adventures with you by my side. Jim. It's a leading contender. Hi. Big fan. Love the pod. Did you ever consider how confusing your email is? Shouldn't it be, yeah, let's talk? Y-E-A, let's talk. Our email is Y-A, let's talk. That's from Jay Onright, Onright, Onright. So sorry for the confusion, Jay. Danimal, that transition from the graphic poop story into teaching Aunt Linda and your mom to play craps was Hall of Fame level broadcasting wordplay. Regards, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Dan, pork chops on a menu. I'm with you. Put it in my mouth. Mashed potatoes and seasonal veggies for the win. Have you had the Costco chops? Head on down to the Costco and the Peter Patch and pick up a pack. You will not be disappointed. Tim, I do not go to Costco. I can't afford the membership. Isn't it like $5,000 a year? I can't afford that. Stores I do not enter. Costco. Winners. Walmart. Can't do it. Won't do it. Just too many people. It's like, I like a good shopping experience. Give me a Sobeys. What, these $10 grapes or $2 at Costco? I'll pay the extra $8. They've got some wood floor over here. And nice lighting. 
I don't want to work walk around at a warehouse. Sobies. Keep it up. Also, Foodland. Foodland. You're doing good. No frills, too. No frills it up. Uh, you are the freshest, most unencumbered program I'm aware of. Fantastic. Also, I would respectfully suggest you consider modifying Brian's German boomsies to Das Boom. This is a follow-up to last week. So the German boomsies is now Das Boom. And finally, I can't hear the podcast on headphones even at full volume. Not sure if this is an Apple issue. Tim? Tim said, don't look at us. <laughs> Thanks for helping out that guy. So our uh, email of the week is going to go to Jim in his hot dog RV. He needs to be comfy. Eating those dogs all day, driving around. Jim, you got some man-maids coming your way. Manmadebrand.com. Get your gitch in there. We have a couple of guests to get to. A double dip today. First up, a man I've known for close to 20 years. When I started at, uh, oh man, why does this always happen? I worked there since 2002. I think I remember the name of it. Global Corp? Ah, whatever that place was. He was behind the scenes at the time. Gareth Wheeler. At that time, he was doing like a soccer blog. And he, just a soccer nut. Went on to do stuff at TV. Z Money worked on one of his shows. It was on Sun TV. He's battled cancer twice. Salt of the earth human. The man just uh, works his ass off to get to the point where he is now. And that is calling games on one, one soccer, which is not carried by many people here, but you can see it online. So let's welcome in Gareth Wheeler. Gareth Wheeler, if we had told young three, four, maybe 10-year-old Gareth Wheeler that you would be calling a Canadian soccer game in which it clinched them a World Cup spot can you even dream? Did you ever dream that big? Uh, first of all, I'd say who wasn't available to call that game? And <laughs> so the second point would be, are you sure it's involving Canada? Because it doesn't seem very likely that they'll be in, you know, Canada soccer for so long. It, it's like we were playing a different game in this country. We were on another planet in terms of relevancy, in terms of the men's game. But uh here we are. It happened Sunday, March 27th, 2022. Go figure. The world's gone crazy. You might as well put me in that position in Canada, in that position to qualify. Why not? Did you have an almost out-of-body experience when it was happening or is it sunk in? Because I can't, I can't even capture that because I watch soccer in the World Cup. I don't even pretend to like watch soccer any other time. But I know you live and breathe soccer since I've known you. That's all you do is soccer. So for you to be in that moment, has it sunk in? What did it feel like? It was kind of a it didn't play out like I thought it would play out because the game itself, the clinching game against Jamaica, uh, it was far too easy. Right. Like you think like qualifying for a World Cup, it's so difficult. They haven't done it since 1986. But once that 
the, the whistle blew at the start of the game. You saw it was one-way traffic. You saw that there was only going to be one result. Then you kind of got into the mode where it's like, all right, they're going to win. Let's just play through this 90 minutes. Let's speed up and let's get to the end of the game and make it official and let the party start, right? Like yeah. there was a time in the second half, I was just trying to let the, the crowd, you know, provide kind of the ambiance. And the first half of the, of the second half, it was kind of dead. There was this lull. There was this expectation like, okay, shouldn't something be happening? But it really wasn't. So I guess when you dream up these moments, you think it's going to be done in the most spectacular, the most dramatic way possible. Um, but it wasn't. And that's not something we've ever been able to say about Canadian soccer before anything being comfortable, but that's what it was. So it, it was kind of trying to react to the moment and come to grips of what they were about to accomplish. And then, I, you know, I slept on it last night and I woke up this morning and I saw that video that Alfonso Davies posted of him reacting and breaking down in tears. And Alfonso Davies is the most popular Canadian athlete worldwide right now. And just seeing that innocence, like, that's Alfonso Davies from Edmonton, Alberta, a guy that you know was playing with his local team, was playing with his friends. And that was something that he could only dream of. And he, I think he understands the hard work, how it's taken so many people across this country, many names that you'll never know, you'll never see, you'll never hear. It's not a sport that you get involved in to get rich in this country, but it's people that have just been invested in the game because they love it. And that's what I saw in, in Alfonso in that moment. Then it got me thinking about my experiences and people that I've dealt with, coaches that I've had in the past that drove city buses during the day and would coach me at night. Right. Dan, like this is what, this is the Canadian soccer experience and we've all lived it. We've all endured it together. And I just hope that all those people out there get to enjoy this one really special moment we've all been waiting for. And the moments did include a lot of Canadianity and that is jumping into <laughs> snowbanks in Edmonton. And then the weather yesterday in Toronto, like, it was frigid. It was one of the coldest days of the year and we're in March. So it was almost like, yeah, it needed to be like this. It, it, you're a big blue Jays guy, like exhibition stadium in the 80s. Like it seemed like the weather was always like that. Yeah. For whatever reason, that one part of the city is colder and windier than anywhere else. I, I, I can't explain it. Speaking to people like I was upside uh, upstairs. I kept the windows open in the box so I could feel it. I, I didn't care, but the people outside said it was, it felt colder in Toronto on Sunday than it did in Edmonton in November when it was like minus whatever. It's just, it's just the different parts of the country, the different feels. So it was cold, man. It was that, that wind just cut right through you. And I still saw Canadian fans with their shirts off. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're that. I, I know I'm no, not that guy. Not Have that you guy. ever been that guy? No. No, never. I'm I've, never taken, my, I'm I've never taken my shirt off at a sporting event. So now they're going to go to a World Cup and there will be literally, uh, what is it going to be about a 60 degree difference, 60 to 70 degree difference. And now Canadians, now what we've gotten to this point, everyone's starting to wonder. They're like, we, we might win this thing. No, 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 no. Because we as Canadians, we can't, we aren't allowed to think that, but people are kind of quietly saying, can we actually do this now? I didn't think the women's team was going to win the gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, the crazy things happen. Look, I, 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 we've been to one World Cup before and we didn't score a goal in three games. I, I feel like we just need to learn how to, uh, to, to, to walk before we learn how to run here, take it one step that, at a time. With that other World Cup team, it was a there wasn't this kind of feel behind this. They no. were completely different scenarios, right? Yeah, it's, 
you know, the NASL existed at that time. It just recently folded. There was a bunch of grizzled vets, like experienced players that kind of played it safe. They were professional. They were good, really good at what they did. But this team has an entire different, different complexion, right? Like they're genuine global stars in this team that are young and are very, like very good attacking soccer and are exciting to watch. Like I would not want to play this team at a world cup. Let's put it that way, because there's an element of unknown. I'm not sure if you've ever met John Herdman before over the course of your travels, the head coach. I mean, this guy makes you run one makes you want to run through the wall. Like the Kool-Aid man, like this, this, from a tactical perspective, like X and O's, he's, he's an excellent head coach, but he taps into the emotion of the players. He's got them to buy in. I, I just posted today, like he worked with the Toronto star to come up with a mock newspaper headline. This happened before qualifying started last year where it said, uh, you know, Canada qualifies for Qatar and all the celebratory celebratory headlines and pictures and stuff. The Toronto star did it for him. And it was dated March 31st, 2022. And he gave it to the players and some of the players brought it to each and every camp because it's like, if you can visualize it, then you can see it yeah. happening. And he's tapped into that emotion. The players love him and he will have the guys ready. Like this whole idea of being heroes, legends, doing something that no one's ever done in this country before. They've grasped it, Dan. They love it. And I think they're just going to try to hold on to this for as long as they can. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the women because I was having this uh, chat with my daughter Ruby in the car and we were talking about how Canadian women rule sports right now in hockey and soccer. And I, and I said, it wouldn't be cool if the, the guys did it too. I said, follow the, the path paved by the women. And then I thought, well, there is no ever, there has been no greater time in Canadian soccer than there is right now. There, there can't be anything close to this. Nope. No, this, this is like new, new standards are being set here. Yes. Like every day we had players before, like Christine Sinclair, what she's accomplished over her career is just, you know, it, it might not ever be matched again. Like she's been that good, but it took her till really the twilight of her career here where she's not even the best player on the Canadian women's team for them to go on and win. It just takes more than one. It, it, it takes uh, an entire group, the infrastructure, the setup, uh, the opportunity for Canadian players, men and women, it's never been greater. There's never been more. Like, look, it's difficult in Canada, Dan. Like, there's geography is a huge liability. The fact that this country is so big and good players are separated by so much. You need funding, the corporate community. They can only support so many different sports and so many different athletes. And it's always generally gone to hockey or basketball. And we know the drill. And then the climate, it's bloody cold. Like, you need indoor facilities, you need field turf, you know, artificial surfaces. There's so many obstacles for to Canada being relevant in the game. But again, through the hard work of individuals, um, club teams across this country, uh, we've been able to find a way. And now there's never been more opportunity than there is today. Oh, I love it. I can't awesome. wait. Are, are you going to be at the World Cup? That's the plan. Yes. I, my ticket hasn't been booked yet, obviously. I, I hand over the play-by-play duties to the great Luke Wildman. Uh, that he'll, he'll do an amazing job. He's such a great guy. Uh, but in some capacity, I plan on being there. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out along the way. Okay, I've I'll never get... been to Qatar. I've never been to the Middle East. Me so. too. Producer Tim is currently working on our flights to Qatar as well. Tim, 
Tim's not responding. So, <laughs> Wills, he's on the phone with the travel agent right now. Wills, that's I'm it. so glad you got to be part of this uh, made in Canada moment. As I uh, like to say, good things happen to good people, and you're one of those people. Thanks, buddy. I'm so proud of you. Um, I listen to your podcast uh, when I'm putting my six month old boy to bed at night. I, I give him a feed. I listen to dad and. and you know, you know what a lot of what I've been through in the past and how open I've been with my with my battle with malignant melanoma, yep. your message, your heartfelt message and your ability to open up and share your story. That matters, man. I've known you for a long time. You've been a good buddy, such a supporter of mine. But just to let you know, we support you. We love you. And what you're doing right now, it makes an absolute difference. So keep it up, pal. Oh, you're awesome. You're going to make me cry. Uh, just better make sure that child's first word is, uh, I, almost, I almost said meow. I almost said your child was going to meow. It better be, oh, okay, I'll work on it, okay? I'll work on it. Okay. Or it could be, oh, Canada, oh, baby. We'll see. Yeah. Probably boobsies. It's a much easier to say. All right. So I guess we'll be seeing Gareth in Cutter. Producer Tim currently looking up trips on WestJet vacations as we speak. Not sure if that's one of the WestJet vacation destinations, but we're going somewhere. And uh, Tim gave me some real-time uh, corrections. He handed this to me. He said Shohei Otani is still going to be able to hit. There's a new DH. The new DH. The new DH rule means he can still hit. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty much the Shohei Otani rule. So we corrected that. And we don't know for sure if Kevin Burkhart's going to be uh, calling World Series games. That hasn't been announced, but he's definitely calling two of the next three Super Bowls. Joe Davis may be calling the World Series. Another great voice. Another friend of... The podcast. So we jumped the gun on that one. Okay, our next guest is a good friend of mine. One of the first people to reach out when I was laid off. We chat all the time. We even did an Instagram live thing during the Habs playoff run in which it was like a post-game show. He reached out and he's like, well, why don't we just do this? It was a blast. Uh, this guy's a lot of fun. Please welcome Montreal Canadiens legend. Chris Nyland, a.k.a. Knuckles. Knuckles, uh, you're in Montreal still. Yep. Did you know when the Habs changed their coach this season and went with Marty St. Louis that this would happen? That this change would occur? A hundred percent. Yeah? Now, come on. No. (laughs) Here's the deal. You know, I kind of had a good feeling when they hired Jeff Gordon, you know, a Boston guy coming up here to straighten out the Canadians. I mean, why not? And, you know, he certainly had a great track record. His time in um, Boston as a fill-in general manager, right? When O'Connell left, he brought in Marshawn. He drafted Marshawn. Uh, He brought Chara in. He drafted Kessel. He brought Tuka Raskin in, in like a six-month span. And then they hire Shirelli. And, and meanwhile, Jeff Gordon did, did that work, which was incredible. Doesn't get the job. Okay. Then he goes down to New York. He's responsible for drafting guys and um, 
really putting that thing back together. He signed a big free agent, Panarin. Uh, him and JD were off and running. It seemed like they were going to get that thing turned around, and they did. And then we know what happened there. And and when they hired him here, obviously not speaking French, they hire him in a position where he could oversee whoever he hired as general manager. And it just so happens he's working now with a guy who lived in Boston, moved down there, was an agent and in Hughes. And, you know, the guy knows the league. He knows the players. Um, has he been in? the part of the business uh, on the side of the business of a team before? No, he was always on the other side of it, but I'm sure he's a bright guy and can understand it. So here he is now teamed up with Jeff Gordon, who who certainly has it going on. And I just think it's, it's an awesome duo, the two of them. And then hiring Marty. I mean, he's coaching kids, right? Um, his kids and, and other young kids in hockey and uh, I believe in the New York area, right? And um, he comes here and who's he coaching now? He's coaching kids again. Oh my God. Kids that are a little bit older, like four or five years older in some cases, some seven. But here's a guy who earned his way. He's a superstar player who earned everything he got in the NHL. And he has a great um, philosophy, coaching philosophy. Uh, he is um, not probably as systems oriented as some coaches. And when I say systems on the defensive end, and you have to pay attention to defense, no question about it. But I think with Marty, it's offense first. And, you know, when we don't have the puck, we'll worry about getting it back. And he has ways, I'm sure, ways to motivate guys to do that and get them to do that without having to be so rigid in that system of, Oh, we got to play defense. Well, you mentioned him coaching kids, his previous experience, he was literally coaching kids. So maybe it's that approach where the guys are like, Oh man, we're having fun again. And it's not like going to work. It's actually an enjoyable job. Yeah. You know, the big difference I saw obviously when, and I, I feel bad for Dominic Duchamp, what he went through here. Uh, listen, he's a big boy. He took the job. It was available. Um, but boy, the, the players, and, and take everything into account here. And I'm not making excuses, but take that COVID nonsense all year, right? You know, staying in hotels, the, the it, that's tiring and wearing on the players playing in front of no fans. It's everybody's in the same boat, but it's still very difficult. Not going out for dinner on the road. You're stuck in the hotel. Yeah. Then they go through the playoffs. They get there and they build some momentum price stands on his head. They get timely goals. They get overtime goals. They, you know what they did to Toronto there. I mean, Toronto had it in the bank. And and what happens? You know, it looked like they had it in the bank. What happens? Galchenyuk gives the t- puck away, and then whoop, watch out! And they take off. They get to the final. They lose. Now, the mental, physical, and emotional drain of all that at the end of the playoffs, then losing, and then the quick turnaround. Those guys came into uh, this season just. I don't spent. think in a good mindset. Yeah. They weren't hungry. Um, they were, yeah, they were spent. Some of them injured. Price out of the picture. Weber out of the picture. Uh, 
Dunno. See you later. So they lost. <laughs> Obviously, some very key players. And, you know, here, here we go um, with the season. And it just went from bad to worse. Seemed like guys didn't want to play. Seemed like they weren't listening to what the coach wanted to do. And, and then you go through this terrible, miserable season. And then they get rid of Duchamp. They fire him. And they bring in Marty, who, after going through that slog of a, you know, whatever, 50 games. And, and then he comes in and all of a sudden, all right, guys, here's the deal. Boom. I'm going to let you play hockey. Come. I, I want to see who wants to play here. I want you to go out there and have fun, whatever. And, and again, his philosophy, that's some of it. But um, he's done a hell of a job in the short time. But this is what just what it is, a short time. Um, there's going to be a lot of new faces coming in that I think he'll work well with. Uh, I think he he's going to be good for this team. And how long will it last? We don't know. Every coach has a shelf life. I hope for him. I really like him. Um, he's a good person. And um, yeah, I, I hope he has success. I wanted to talk to you about one of your seasons that when I was preparing for this interview, because, you know, I put in countless hours prepping for my, for my guests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forever. I know. Um, your 84-85 <laughs> season maybe one of the yeah. greatest seasons in NHL history. You, play, Ooh, you played really? 77 games. You scored 21 goals. You had 37 mm. points and you had 358 penalty minutes. Large. Those Large are all numbers. huge numbers. A person who gets 358 penalty minutes does not score 21 goals. They aren't yeah. supposed to. Well, imagine if I didn't have all those minutes, I might've had 31. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, you know who said it best for me, but when I came to Montreal, I could I couldn't have done the job I did if I just fought. I had to play hockey. Mm -hmm. And I would have never been the guy that you could tap on the shoulder and say, Go, it never happened. I would never let it happen. But um what happened to me was I had some very good coaching. And one, it started with Claude Rell who really worked with me on some fundamentals. I was a halfway decent hockey player. I wasn't great growing up, just average kid. And, um, but I, you know, I had that edge. I had that side to me that um, I wasn't going to let no one with me or, or pull any with me or my teammates on the ice. And I didn't. But LaMea came in. And when Jacques LaMea came in, he said to me, um, Listen, you can play hockey, um, and I want to work with you. Uh, listen, I know you fight and you do that job, but, man, you fight too much. You got to slow down sometimes. You you get lots of room. You got to take advantage of it. So I'm like, okay. He's always telling me I fight too much. And most guys, they just want you to fight, right? But he's telling me you fight too much. Slow it down a bit. Focus on hockey because you get the room. Anyway, he worked with me. He did stuff with me that every practice when he was coaching, <clears throat> we'd warm up. And we would always do puck drills. You know, we'd, we'd go around the rink and you'd have a puck and you have to do three steps right, three, three left, three right, three all the way up the rink. Then you'd have to do two guys passing the puck just up the side, cruise on the way back, 
pass, pass, pass. And then we'd weave. And then we do it with three guys passing the puck in tight areas, three guys in a triangle going down the ice, everything with pucks. And he would say, you know, guys would be like, oh, we got to do the puck bill again, got to carry the puck because we'd just rather skate without it yeah. and warming up. But he always did it with pucks and he exp- would explain it. He said, here's the deal. Why I do this is because he said, Grit, uh, uh, how much time you think you have the puck on your stick in the game? And I'm like, oh, about two minutes. He said, two minutes. Oh, you think you're Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> I said, well, no, I'm Chris Island. He said, well, you've got it probably for about 10 seconds if you're lucky. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what I thought about? I'm like, yeah, I yeah, do. You Maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds tops. So he said, when you have the puck on your stick in the game, you have to do something good with it. So this is why I do this. Then he took me in the circle at center ice after practice. And he would stand on the edge of the circle and he would pass the puck to me. I'd pass it back. And then I'd have to re- react to where he put the puck, go to it. So he's working on my foot movements and my hand movements, passing, taking it on my backhand, giving it back, boom. Then he'd take me down in front of the net and he put right in the crease, he put, put like 30 pucks. And he started flipping them up, forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand. He said, do this every day because this is where you're going to be in the game, in front of the net, for the rebound. You're going to have to put it up over the goaler, and you have to practice this because it's going to make you better. And I score goals like that. I work at it every day. I work at that. And I worked at those things, and I had great guidance in doing so. Now, there's some teams that had players like myself who could fight, and they were fine with that. This team, honestly, this organization wanted me to be not just a fighter. They wanted me to be more than that. And I was. And I turned myself into, with the help of quite a few people, my teammates. I played with two Hall of Famers, Carbono and Ganey, for most of my career there. Um, And I had a whole lot of help doing it. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was all me. No, I had a ton of help doing it. I was a willing participant and wanted to get better. It was awesome. I, I, I'm always feel indebted to this organization for the opportunity that I was given here. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you ready to go rapid fire? <laughs> rapid fire it is, baby. Okay, so I'm going to name players you used to play with. Give a quick sentence about these guys. You ready? Here we go. Mm. Guy Leffler. Class, superstar, just a, a, a fun guy to be around. Mario Trombley. The bionic blue way with the veins that pop out of his head, his neck, everything when he gets angry. I love him. I love Mario Trombley. Larry Robinson. Big Bird. Um just a, a great teammate, great leader, um, just an awesome guy. Yeah, um, and the hockey speaks for itself. Mats Neslund. One of my favorite people on earth. I love Mats. Uh, always looks like he just come out from under the pillow. <laughs> um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I, he sat next to me. He sat to my left. Bob Gainey sat to my right. He had me in between the two of those um, um, vibrant personalities. Uh, Rick Wamsley, who Jay and I met on a craft celebration tour once, and he showed us around uh, Fort Dover. And he showed us one of his hockey cards, and he had a, a towel in his neck skating around warm-ups. He goes, you know the season's not going well when this is your hockey card. So huh. he always struck me as a, a, a fun guy. Warmer, Yeah. One of the funnier guys I played with. I'll tell you a quick story about him. This isn't rapid fire, but Halloween party, Molson Brewery. Guys are all coming in. Here comes this guy with a pumpkin on his head with little slits. You can't see the face. You can't. He had this like black cape on down to his feet. He looked like a big robe. So you couldn't really. But he walked in and as soon as he walked by, you could see him. He was waddling. He had that big and he waddled along and everybody said, it's warmer. <laughs> so he couldn't hide behind that pumpkin head because uh, he just waddled in and it gave it all away. <laughs> the waddler. Uh, a man who I spent a month with in Russia, Chris Chelios. Oh, passion, love for the game, and um, a little bit of crazy thrown in there. Absolutely love Chris Chelios. I loved everything about him. A man from my hometown, the legend that is Bob Ganey. Different. Um, but the best leader I've ever played hockey with. And a great teammate and a, a a great friend. Bob's a little different. He's deep. He's deep. Oh, yeah, he's different. We, we I, I ran into a hockey game once up in the press box, and I said, hey, we're from the same town. Uh, we should golf once uh, sometime. And he just looked at me and said, yeah. And then walked away. I'm like, I guess that's never happened. <laughs> that's Bob <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, but uh, very good guy. Stefan Richet. Um, he had a rocket of a shot. Right, listen, thoroughbred athlete. He's like a he's like that thoroughbred racehorse. He got a big bill, good looking guy, great shot. Um, he had one of the best shots in hockey at the time. Patrick Rua. Oh, Costo. Um this, what, 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 I mean, this record speaks for itself. He's unbelievable. He just, what a, I, I just remember him his first year, that young kid coming in, just playing hockey, loving the game, stopping the puck. Unbelievable. Stanley Cup, 1986, rookie year, right? Unbelievable what he did. He won the Consmite that year. Claude Lemieux, close second. Um, those two were incredible. They really put us over the hump that year to win that Stanley Cup. It was awesome. But if not for those two guys, I'm not sure we, I, I have that little ring on my finger. He, he was my favorite goalie growing up, but the goalie before him that I really liked was Steve Penny. Steve Penny stood on his head that one yeah. playoff run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you went to the New York Rangers. You played with Marcel Dion. The little fat man. <laughs> we used to call him the little fat man. That's what I called him. But Moss was awesome. Funny guy. Uh, always talking about the stock market or business or this or that. Um, uh, yeah, Moss. Oh, going for the 
the the goal scoring record there in New York. Phil had a thing for, you know, bringing those guys. He brought Gee down there. He wanted he wanted all these great players. They were they basically Marcel hadn't retired, but Gee did. He got, you know, Espo came to me and said, "Can Lafleur score twenty goals? Could he?" I mean, yeah, he could score twenty. He said, "You sure?" I'm mean, there. Yeah, he could come here and score twenty goals easy. He did. He, he brought Guy in, and it was awesome to see Guy in a Ranger uniform. It was weird. It but was, it was weird. awesome. Um, yeah, you played with so many legends. Brian Leach, Leachy, uh, superstar, just incredible. I remember he first came in. Him and Tony Granado that year, two rookies, both going for the con, um, the the Calder Trophy. Um, yeah, I remember Michelle Bergeron, our coach that year. He was unbelievable how he promoted both those guys. They promoted themselves by the way they played. Um, and and Leachy certainly had the edge on Tony. Um, but boy, Tony, what a great season he had too as a rookie. The two of them, they were they were awesome. But Brian Leach, just a awesome US born defenseman, uh, really uh, really great player, superstar. Okay, and finally your new teammate. Tim Stapleton. <laughs> this is a man you're starting a podcast with. You never played yeah. with him because there's a bit of an age discrepancy. A little bit, but um, a very um, funny guy. Um, you know, obviously um, the two of us together, it should be interesting. It has been so far. I can't wait to meet him in person, <laughs> which we're going to do. In April, April 11th, we're going to meet in person because I just think it'll lend so much moving forward to the podcast. But, um, yeah, he's a funny guy, smart kid. And um, certainly um, um, yeah, he he's going to be an asset to me for sure as a partner because um, you do yours alone. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm just a little insecure of that. That I can't, couldn't do it by myself. Yes, you could, but Stapes is no, a good I partner. I, Star- I just Stapes love is a good him. partner. I would, yeah. And, and the name and when of- I when I met him, yeah, I I thought right away. I said this kid would be fun to, to do something like this with. So, like I thought you were gonna be, but you know, you went off on your own. <laughs> You've had a partner for years. You don't need one at this point in your life. Well, I've got cats. I got three cats. Yeah, you got cats. Um, and the name of the podcast is. Oh, I don't know. I thought that would be the easy part, right? Like my radio show, off the cuff. That's came from Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, I'm figuring, okay, podcast, it'll be easy. And I'm like, oh. And we looked at Knuckles Unleashed. No. But there's, no. Don't Knuckles, like that. There's Knuckles, just Knuckles, Knuckles and Busta, School of Hard Knucks, but it's too long. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Boomsies. Yeah, Boomsies is taken. taken. Boomsies is yeah, taken. Boomsies is How taken. about um, Knuckles, my stapes. Staple my knuckles. Sta- Staple my knuckles. No. Staple my knuckles. I'm trying to help you out here. Yeah, I know you and are. And now but that my you're knuckles- podcasting, I'm going to help you out right now. So we have the same microphone. You have to get an arm like this. So- sure we do. <laughs> sure we do. So when you touch the table, you can't hear through the mic when you have an arm like this. Because I can hear oh. whenever you're tapping the table. 
So I, I'll just hold it like this. Because <laughs> you've got okay. your old tappy hands. I, I, that's <laughs> right now. I got to get, is that on your wall? Is that connected to your wall now? But I can't do this all day. This is, <laughs> my arm will get tired. Let me see. There we go. There. It's perfect. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. So. Um, <laughs> and you cut down yes, on costs. I'm going to correct that. You cut down Thank on podcast costs by just holding it yourself. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> that is something I will do. And when is this podcast coming out where people, well, we don't have a name. How are you going to find it without a name? Well, um, we're looking at probably the end of April, the beginning of May. We have done quite a few. We're editing them. And when we get, I got to meet Tim first. I got to meet him on the 11th. What if you guys don't like each other? And then you're going to be like, ah, well, well then, then, oh, well, (laughs) but that's not going to happen. Um, and we're going to, um, tape some stuff live together. Uh, I just came up with a name. What? Raw knuckles. Raw knuckles. So it gives you the impression like, okay, your knuckles are raw from fighting, but also raw knuckles. You're unfiltered. You're raw. You're going to say anything. Raw knuckles. Raw knuckles. Jamie is in the other room right now. Writing this down. Looking at me going, I like it. Raw knuckles. Raw knuckles. And then your, your picture is, uh, the picture of the podcast is a, a picture of a knuckle. Raw knuckles is good. Knuckles in the raw, maybe not so good. No. Raw knuckles. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll update people once it does come out where to find it. Because right now. Thank you. Just uh, just keep, I guess, your ears tuned. I don't know. I don't know what to tell. I still don't know what to say to people. Well, oh, and your knuckles there. gear. Where do you find your knuckles gear? You're wearing my one of them right now. My knuckles gear you find at knucklesnyland.com. Uh, yeah, we're going to put up some new stuff. You can see the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, show the back. Your logo is awesome. Yeah. That Isn't is a that? good logo. Can you see it? Good yep. You can see it perfect. There we go. There you go. So, What's it say? Yeah. Stay out of the box? Yeah, it says stay out of trouble, knuckles. Oh. But <laughs> trouble I'm in. So, oh, well. So when Knuckles and Stapes figure out a name for the podcast, which I think they did, Raw Knuckles, we'll tell you where to find that. Strange to come on and promote it and not have a name. (laughs) That guy cracks me up. Uh, Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, the Bet Rivers Network on YouTube. That's where you can find uh, all our full-length interviews because – to try fit it under an hour, we chop up those interviews. So it's um, easily digestible. If you've got more time, pump it up on YouTube and you get the full length interviews. So that's where you find that. So you know where to subscribe on all your listening platforms for the podcast. You got Spotify, you got uh, iTunes. And those are the only two I know. There's more. There's a lot of things out there. But as I tell people now, if you just Google Boomsies, everything comes up. Boomsies, we locked it down. Don't do the voice command, though, because boobies come up. We've run into that problem. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending an hour of your week with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you to our email of the week sponsor, manmadebrand.com. Best underwear you own. And Jim. 
Jim in his RVs going to be wearing those soon. Can't wait to get his feedback on those. As I like to, to tell you at the end of each episode, be nice to one another. Someone's wearing a mask. Let them do it. Who cares? How's that affecting your life? Have you ever sneezed into a mask? It's disgusting. So it's doing something. And also hug someone. Can't get enough hugs. At the end of each podcast, producer Tim and Z Money and I, we have a big group hug. It's never happened, but I'm going to say it and will it into existence, just like Canada into the World Cup. It's said on Boomsies, it happens in real life. So long, everyone. North Coast Band. The lead singer in North Coast Band was in Orno the other day. He stopped to get food. I'm like, well, he didn't want to say hi. He's like, I was in a hurry. North Coast Band, play us out. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies.